on the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Now, guys, welcome to another, another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest. Um, she's one of the one of the faces and um, best known faces of Golf Channel's social coverage. It's Alexandra Lachlan. Alexandra, how are you? I'm doing great. I said anything for Ireland. Of course, I want to come on <laughs> with you yeah. guys. So here I am. <laughs> In classic fashion, we we punted uh, the ball, and you were like, "Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely, would love to come on." So we are once again punching above our weight when it comes to our guests. <laughs> Yeah, good to be here, guys. So, so how have um, you been? You've just moved down to, move from Colorado down to San Francisco for a job, but you've been pretty much camped out there for the last while. Yeah, uh, since the players, which was, you know, about like three-ish months ago or so. And I mean, I don't know how it's been over there, but it's total lockdown for the most part. And, you know, I've been home with family and friends and, which is very strange for me because I'm normally on the road every week and I'll like go see my family for three days in between a job. So this is not anything I'm used to. I will say having um, free time. You, you have a pretty wild job. I think for anyone who's interested in golf, they see what you do and they are instantly jealous. Would you be able to give us an insight as to, to what your role in, with golf channel is? Okay, well, my role is very cool because it's not limited to just golf coverage, I will say. It's a lot of personal chat with the players, plus golf course overviews in the sense of like, not just course architecture and check, 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 but like what it's like to get to these golf courses, the travel of it you know, how I prepare for traveling, you know, to Ireland or Northern Ireland or Scotland, wherever. So you're seeing the full picture and not just the post round interview, which I think is really cool because, you know, you see these people on TV in interesting places and you think like, well, what is their actual life like? How, how do they deal with, you know, week after week? And a lot of my job is showing the behind the scenes of, you know, my actual life. So I think it's cool to let people in and share the journey of what working for Golf Channel is like because it's super interesting and it's really cool. Because <laughs> outside of the normal, <clears throat> I suppose the normal Golf Channel presenters don't probably give people that insight into what the normal life is. And you've kind of got this weird balance where you're having to mix how much of your normal life plus the actual job part into into what you do and that, that's probably like a weird space to be is like how much do I show people of or how much do I let them in totally and I mean a big part of it is obviously social media and how much of your personal self are you showing and you know for me it's still a very small amount but everything that I show is so genuine and you know is who I am it's not like I'm putting out stuff that is just totally fake so 
I do like that, but it's, yeah, it is a limited amount. <laughs> Although you have done an apartment tour, which I was surprised by on, on your, I think it was on your YouTube, because you have a series with Scott Chan called Go Around. Yes. I think it's great. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, maybe it's because my apartment doesn't really get lived in that much. <laughs> and when I first moved to Orlando, where Golf Channel is, you know, like you want to be careful not giving too much of that information because you don't want people showing up to your building, which I mean, it's happened before. So, <laughs> but you, you don't want that. But now I'm like, I'm rarely there. I think a house or your apartment shows who you are the most of anything because it's your personal items. And, you know, if I am going to go on this journey of letting people get to know me, I think that's a great place to start. And like on the, on the get to know you bit. So like, we'll go back, I think it was golf channel a bit 2017 initially, but before that was your college career, college golf career. So like the, your bona fides from a golf perspective, are pretty solid to say the least <laughs> so like do you want to give people like a, an insight into the golf career pre-media career because that's sure. the part that people like love to see on your social channels that, like god she absolutely stripes it as well yeah people people love the swing videos for sure which i mean yeah i i love uh you know late night like scrolling through the click 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 looking at every angle <laughs> of your swing so i'm a total swing junkie too but Starting out in golf, I, I started at 14 and I just loved playing golf. It didn't matter where I was playing. It, you know, I look back and I obviously have this really cool insight into, you know, these amazing, you know, public and private golf courses. But, you know, the majority of my golf career, I just want to hit a golf ball. It doesn't matter where I am. Um, and I'm still that way. I just, like the competition of trying to play the best you can play. So that's totally like how I started off is just like, I want to play golf as much as possible and get better. How can I do that? And I put in a lot of hours and played college golf and fell in love with television, started working in TV for, you know, a small interim period period before golf channel. And had I not played college golf, I think it would have been really difficult to, you know, start covering golf because just that insight of what it's like to play in any competitive environment. I don't think it matters what level really because you're, to you, it feels very intense and you know what it's like to have the pressure. So, you know, that, that was a huge help in, you know, solidifying my job and then how well I could do my job. So I'm super appreciative that I uh, worked hard enough to play college golf. And was that, was that led by, <clears throat> was it led by your love of golf to be involved in golf media or was it led by your love of media and it just happened to be golf because that is what you didn't, that obviously you're a, um, a player there. I think completely both because I love television and production and I love golf and I knew a professional golf career wasn't going to happen. So I just thought, well, I'll play for fun. And TV was like, okay, well, where do you work? You work in news or, you know, in LA on films, who knows? So I kind of did both. I worked in LA for a while um, at a production company. And I also worked in news and you learn very quickly that 
golf is a lot more fun to be around and you're in awesome places and in the fresh air. So I think I just kind of used deductive reasoning to realize <laughs> let's be on a golf course instead of in a newsroom. <laughs> How did you get into the golf channel then? So what was the, the process into getting the foot in the door there? So very interesting, but obviously they say the harder you work, the more opportunity there is. And I was working 85 hours every week in Chicago. And I, I think I had four jobs. So four, sometimes maybe a fifth, like if I was doing a freelance like production gig. But evenings, I was working at this restaurant, Tavern on Rush, and it worked out well because I would work the morning shift at the news station, and then I would work at Tavern from 4 p.m. to like 1 a.m. And the Philadelphia Flyers media team came in, and, you know, it was so funny. I just clicked really well with all of them, and you know, we got to talking because we all love TV and you know, I just said like, I'm a huge golfer. I love it so much. And Steve Coates, one of their analysts said, well, you've got to meet, you know, so-and-so it was Courtney Holt over at Golf Channel. And we get put in touch, but I'm so busy working at the news station and, you know, doing these other things. So like, I, I didn't think it was that serious. And it happened like we just started communicating more and I would film things in my apartment in Chicago and send them to Golf Channel and they would take a look and give back notes and then I'd do it again the next week. And all of a sudden, like I'm getting a little better and better and better and they're like, hey, we'd like to bring you, bring you down for a studio audition um, next month. How's that sound? I'm like, wow, okay, Let, let's... <laughs> let's go. And I worked really hard on trying to learn, you know, what it would be like to do a studio role or be on camera like that. Because, I mean, there's a big difference in doing that compared to college television or, you know, whatnot. So, you know, it was, it was almost like learning how to play golf for college golf <laughs> at that point. It's like a crash course on how to be on TV. <laughs> Because we had Connor Moore was on last week, and obviously you you and Connor get on really well, and he was saying the same thing. He was expecting to go over, and having not had that TV experience, the the main studio experience, and then he ended up kind of filming everything from his kind of two one bed apartment for the last for the last four weeks. But he's saying like the baptism of fire going from doing his own production effectively into into having a team that's that's supporting him like was what was quite strange for for him and, and took a bit of adjustment did you find a massive adjustment going down to orlando and, and working with the team down there or were they just like welcoming you with open, open arms and making sure that you made it i am super appreciative to you know the sort of golf channel team that was supporting me but i also had you know, familiarity with what it's like to be on a set, which I think is, you know, half the battle is just knowing which people have which jobs, whose audio, you know, lighting, because you still need to be, you know, aware of everything that's going on. So I had that knowledge and I had the golf knowledge. So, you know, if you have all of the support from those sort of three things, 
you're in a good spot. And then after that, you just need like the repetition of like being comfortable in a live scenario, which, you know, it still always gives you like a little bit of an adrenaline rush, which I love. I think that's why I like TV so much. <laughs> Your job is then taking you to some, some pretty incredible places. You, you mentioned Ireland, it, um, the trip that you did a couple of years ago. I went to Ireland for the first time last summer and was covering uh, the Irish Open. And I was like, Connor, we got to find out where my family's from, you know, like, let's, let's figure it out. And we did some research and he helped me and <laughs> my family was from right there in La Hinch where we were for the Irish Open. <laughs> so oh, we like, might have met this place. guy who was also in O'Loughlin, which was cool. <laughs> he reckoned that was the best week of his life. <laughs> Connor, so conservative. Yeah, Connor, Connor said, yeah. <laughs> God, no, sorry. Yeah, well, probably the other O'Loughlin, too. You were like, what? wow, <laughs> look who landed on my door. No, no, we were, Connor, Connor Moore was saying that that was the best week of his life. He said it was the most surreal experience, like, because the festival atmosphere down there, it, like, it didn't really feel, it, it felt like a festival with a golf tournament attached to it. Yeah. Down at the Irish Open. At the Irish Open, yeah. It was so fun. And like, Connor knows everybody, and because of his like Gaelic football impressions like he's very well known especially in that circle so like we were together that weekend it was just like it stopped you know every three feet and then um yeah after that week we went down to Dublin and you know that was yeah you, you probably had like the best like between Irish Open right through to the Open to like go through some of the courses you played because we've seen some of obviously the stuff that's been out on various channels and you got to play some of the most prime real estate from a golf perspective in Ireland. Oh, completely. Well, so I think there are a handful of things that make a golf course incredible and you know, you've got like architecture, the weather, who you're playing with, you know, why you're at the golf course. And so all of these things kind of are what make me rate my golf courses. And I've got this really good photographer pal um, who's from Dublin in LA. And, you know, we've done a couple shoots together and he's like, well, I'm actually a member over at Royal Dublin. And he set me up there and, you know, it's one of the courses that I don't think I would have played had, you know, a friend not said, go play there. And I just had the best time playing with his mom and I took Connor and we played with this guy, Richard Knightley, who's the one. And it, it was like the best day because then you go back, you have a pint in Dublin and <laughs> it's just all right there. So, because Royal Dublin's in the middle of the city, it like yeah. it feels like it's in the middle of the city. You're looking literally downtown, like because yeah, I'm, a, I, yeah, because I'm a member in the club that's right beside it, and people just don't get how close it is to the middle. What, what of is town. that club called again? Saint Saint Anne's. It's like there's right. a short par three that you play. That's and it's separated by the road, and the road is like a very significant road. Like it's like you can't get from one to the other. It's like if Got you're it. in Saint Anne's, yeah. So it's um, but like. You had Royal County Down, La Hinch, Port Rush during the Open, and and Royal Dublin. So like you've you've got some of the best places yeah, that, and I mean, that are there to go. 
you play a course like Royal County Down and you know, there's a reason that it's been a number one golf course in the world. <laughs> there's, there's a reason for that. And it, I think I compared it to like Alice in Wonderland because you have these like perfectly cut hedges and, you know, the fog is always just right. So it's just like picture perfect. And then it's interesting golf in Ireland because nothing feels super manicured but it's it's very raw but it's all perfect i don't know if you feel the same way but it just like it feels so perfect <laughs> i get i get the alice in wonderland piece with royal county down because it's like yeah. the feel of going through the back gate of the hotel into Smart. the golf club and it's it it's it is weird in that you're playing and you see these like weird churches in the background and it's playing over hills. Yeah, I, I do that that's probably really, really apt. It's probably easier having an, an outsider as you come in and describe Irish courses and it is for us. We've I guess yeah. we've we've grown up knowing them and that's kind of the only golf that, that we would know or we grew up on. What's your guys' favorite course in Ireland? Like what would you rate as maybe the top? Ooh. So we, we had a good chat about this, didn't we? We did. Um, yeah. My background would be more like the Parklands, and then Dave, okay. Dave would be more Lynx. Mm. Um, I grew up on in Mount Juliet, which is which was due to host the Irish Open this year. So that would always host a special place for me. Um, right. I, I love Royal Dublin. That was definitely on the top three. We put a top three yeah. together, each of us. Royal Dublin was up there for both of us, just because you can you can play your golf and then five, ten minutes later, you're in the city centre and you can just yeah. enjoy the, the yeah. 19th hole. Because I think mine was, I played I played Portrush the week after the Open last year and they still had the stands up and I remember just thinking that that was the greatest place and then I, I was kind of balancing it with Adair because Adair, I don't know if you've, what I felt like, if you've ever been to like Whistler or Disneyland, it's got this absolute perfectness to it like that's completely staged but completely perfect like obviously it's nature so it's 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 a little bit wild but i've never seen a place that's manicured to the level that it is but i think port rush was just i don't know you were there obviously the week before the open during um, biblical conditions during biblical <laughs> weather yeah so uh, yeah I, I just thought i just thought port rush is the most magnificent place in ireland to be honest i know i i i look back at photos from the RNA event that I played, it, mm. it was, you know, just right before the open and I'm in full rain gear, full bucket hat, and I'm completely drenched. But when I think about that round, I don't ever think, wow, it was raining so hard. So it's one of those courses where you're just totally in on the golf and the company. Mm. And I, I don't think I thought twice about <laughs> maybe. I, yeah wet and windy it was <laughs> i saw i saw that video and everyone's just smiling it's the most horrendous day like and everyone's just laughing their heads off having a great time and i think that probably was like right that's that's probably <laughs> that's probably the synopsis of Irish <laughs> I, I also think there's very few times that i'm not smiling but <laughs> 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 my, my like negative comments on golf channel videos is like a Lachlan should, her teeth should have her own Instagram account. They're, they're like these weird comments about my teeth or like, why is she smiling so hard? And I, I just want to respond to them and be like, oh, if you knew me, that's just so normal. <laughs> I play golf for a living. Yeah. 
you've probably hit the pinnacle of fame when you've been like immortalized by the Simpsons. How did that just happen? I just, oh I just remembered to ask you this because we saw it on your Instagram channel. Like, how does that happen? Okay, yeah. If anyone's listening that hasn't seen it, go look. It's so cute. But I mean, a lot of times you get artists and stuff that will like reach out and say, can I illustrate you and or something like that. And so I get this image that pops up in my inbox and it's, you know, me Simpsonized and <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Let me post it. And it, you never really know what is going to be like, you know, a huge hit. And everybody loves that photo. <laughs> Simpsons are great. How could, you not, how could you not love it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, good question. I love that. Go look at that picture, everybody. <laughs> and it's funny about like playing golf for a living because a lot of times I'm not playing as much golf as maybe it looks like because we go to some of these courses and you play a couple holes and I like to walk as much of it as possible, but I've not actually played a full 18. So sometimes I feel really out of practice and there's this pressure of like, Oh, you play golf all the time. And I'm like, Oh man, I, you know, I probably only hit a couple shots and they're just on camera and, you know, cause we're filming these pieces. So <laughs> it's like a fine line of trying to keep my game up and also, <laughs> you know, live up to those standards. Were you the one then that taught Connor the hold the finish trick when it comes to social media? <laughs> I think I was, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd be filming yeah, all the time, just hold it. <laughs> he's like, no one, no one ever knows where the ball goes, so just hold the finish and it'll look great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are people that will somehow track the golf ball. <laughs> so yeah, Connor, frame, frame by frame. Yeah, exactly. Some Because Connor was saying that like whatever about you coming from a background of actually playing competitive golf so you'd be used to people maybe watching or something he was saying like the most nervous he's ever been was on the first hole in the pro-am in Lynch and he was like he spoke to a guy who's a pretty pretty famous GA player and he was saying like listen man with your golf game you're gonna have to come up with something to make people laugh after you play golf so his idea mm -hmm. was that as soon as he had his tee shot he was gonna do his little Sergio laugh yeah. Just just to break the tension. I, I, I was there for it. <laughs> I, oh, you're there for it. It wasn't the best shot. And, you, you know, I think humor is such a great thing because, you know, not only does it settle your nerves, but it puts everyone else at ease too because golf is one of those sports where other people feel for you if, you're, you know, you're not doing well. And, I mean, for me, I don't want anyone to ever not be, you know – the happiest they can be, especially, you know, because of my golf game. So, you know, Connor learned something really important there, which is just use humor because it puts everyone at ease. And, you know, I think he might, he drained a massive putt on that first hole too. I don't know if it was maybe a safe par or bogey, but like, that's what I remember is, you know, all of us having a good laugh is, on the yeah. box and then a, a, a long putt. <laughs> He didn't even mention that, did he, actually? No. I'm surprised he, he didn't. I doubt he remembers that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. He, he did. <laughs> it's such a social environment in Ireland, and everyone is so kind and nice, and <laughs> the Guinness is good, so... <laughs> what's, yeah. what's, your, what's your main, like, what's the difference in playing club? Like, I, I'm going to say you've probably played enough places over here to know like what club golf will be like here but what's it what's the main difference between like club golf slash country club golf in the u.s to here 
like what would be club golf in Ireland? Like club golf for us is like when we go out on a Sunday, say mm. seven Johnny would go out on a Sunday and we play, might meet a half an hour before and it's quite, there might be a five, five quid or five bucks on the game and then into the, into the club afterwards and have a pint and a sandwich and then, and then head home. But it's very much, the golf is serious though. Like the, yeah. there's no, there's no such thing as like stocking up your cold box full of beers on the course or anything really in Ireland. We don't do that. Like we actually take the golf quite seriously, but afterwards <laughs> very not seriously, if you like, or actually more seriously, we take the after <laughs> yeah. golf experience. But um, yeah, cause you, you do see a kind of a culture like, guys just want to load up or girls just want to load up a beer cart or load up their car full of beer and just like just get absolutely wasted and, and that, that's just weird to us well it's funny because i you know how that thing kind of circulates the internet where it's like how many of these like top 10 courses have you played mm. and you know there's the u.s list and then there's the world list and mm. i did that for the u.s list and i I hadn't played many of them and then I did it for the world list and I've I realized I've played a lot of my golf overseas and you know in Ireland Scotland um, England a lot in England and I also think I relate a lot more to what you were saying to to golf over there because you know I, I don't like to drink on the golf course just because I do take my golf seriously but I love like coming in and how it's like you stay with your group and you have like a PIMS and, you know, a sandwich and it's the day's not over. So I love that aspect or like how at Sunningdale or like a Royal St. George's do go in for lunch. So it's like a full day and it's very like compartmentalized with like golf, lunch, golf, drink. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I totally relate to that style way more than a, like, have some beers on the course and then, like, see you later at the end. <laughs> but you've also played in, in some parts of the world that, like, we'll never get to go to travel to or or to, to play at, like, you've played in Korea, you've played in a number of different places. What's the, the culture around golf, like, out there? Yeah, Korea is interesting. And one of the one of the things I noticed was it's a lot of um, husband and wives that go out. So it's a lot of couples and, you know, it is like a full day because, you know, the courses I were at were quite outside Seoul or where, wherever like those people may be coming from. So you're making the journey of like driving out of the city, you know, it's, that's your like family day. Mm. And it's a little, less social in Korea but again I was maybe with like media members so I wasn't totally you know with locals but the caddies kind of filled me in who I mean it's really cool to have a caddy in Korea because you're in these golf carts that like drive themselves and then the caddies like run out to your ball check the yardage and like run back and they're these like adorable females that are like giving you presents when you make a birdie or something. (laughs) So it's, it's a lot of like reward golf, which I like. And I don't know. It's, it's just like when you're at a golf course in Korea, you feel like that's all that there is because it's just sort of like open space. 
And I mean, I know you have those driving ranges in the city that, you know, you're right in the city, but like, I love the idea of feeling like you're on this golf course and that's the only thing on the planet at that moment. What do you get for a birdie? <laughs> they give you these little um, ball markers or like keychains. <laughs> it's super cute. <laughs> I, I definitely need to be rewarded for things. So that, that's a good system for me. <laughs> that's all. Does it get, does it get surreal at times? This like mad, like, this mad golf journey. Like at times you just go, oh, God, I, this is, this is just weird where I've ended up or <clears throat> I never thought that this might be, that this might come to fruition. Oh, I would say that's what's going through my head the majority of the time <laughs> because, you know, I, I think about my life and I, you know, I, I love traveling and I always have, but when you're somewhere and you look around and you're talking to these people, you're like, what have I done in my life to get me in this like, small pub in this small town in like outside St. Andrew, like how did I end up here? <laughs> so, you know, I think that is something that's always going through my head is just like every decision that you made in your life has led you to this point. And <laughs> yeah, I must've made some good decisions because I've, I've met some great people on this golf journey and, you know, golf is just full of so many, amazing people so <laughs> yeah hey, i'm constantly thinking that we've obviously made some terrible decisions considering we've we're made, not going to we, any of those yeah, places we've, we've made bad decisions man <laughs> it's, i mean you say that but like gosh you get to play courses like royal dublin or st anne's and you know that is so cool to me that you have that you know on your doorstep yeah i wonder what do we take it for granted because like we definitely do. golf is we do because I think golf is just ridiculously accessible for us. Like, um, yeah. we we both live in the center center of Dublin in the city, and we're not. I I'm not from there originally. I'm from the country, but like, we we play golf for a year. I remember we were with a friend of my brother-in-law's, and he was over and they were playing courses, and we were describing the cost of golf in Ireland. And we mentioned that St. Anne's was, uh, they don't want me saying it's 1,500 euros a, a I said 1,500 euros. And he went, oh, man. like, he's like, that's not bad. And he was like, and then what's your entry fee? I was like, actually, that there's no entry fee. And he's like, oh, man, $1,500 a month is not bad. And I went, no, I was like, no, it's $1,500 a year for us to play. And he was just like gobsmacked, like absolutely blown off his feet because He's from actually San Francisco where you are right now. And he's a member, I think it's in Lake Merced or something along those lines. And it's like, I think a quarter of a million dollars to get yeah. in the door. Well, like, and again, I, that's why I think I relate and love golf over there. because <laughs> it's, it's a place where you can't, I mean, I think the Americans love to do it, but it's a, that's a place where you can't like pay your way in to be mm -hmm. accepted. It's like, you need to be keen on your golf and be a good person and like be accepted based off of those things instead of just, you know, your pocketbook. So yeah, I, I love that, you know, the UK and over there is just a place where, you know, you're not, anyone can play, especially mm -hmm. young golfers, good young yeah. golfers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard, I heard, a, um, I heard a sports journalist uh, say that, 
if Scotland's the home of golf, then Ireland is where golf goes on holidays, which I think is a, a pretty poetic way of putting it. You have so many Americans and, and others come to Ireland to escape, but use golf as their escape. I love that, yeah. Which I, I think... Know, I mean, yeah, golf definitely is the escape. I think there's and been did... plenty, plenty of times I just go out and... You know, everyone always says like, oh, are you, do you always film or do something when you're at the golf course? And normally when I'm just playing golf and when I'm actually having a round, I, I don't pull out my phone at all. You know, it, it's just mm-hmm. the golf. I don't need to be on my phone or be documenting it. I just like need that kind of like regroup. And where's your local? Like, where do you go? Like, if you're like, right, work's done seven o'clock in the evening or six o'clock in the evening. Where do you go and play? I wish I could answer that, but the last few years, I, I'm not anywhere long enough where like you can have sort of your spot because I don't know where I'm going to (laughs) be. And I think that's like my next goal is sort of having a, a real home base and sort of creating like a stable life outside of work that, you know, is consistent. And you know, like maybe having my own home club or whatever it is. So, sounds like we'll you're doing fine without one right now. <laughs> yeah, but you, you need the sanity. From the outside. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I think you still need the sanity of, you know, some kind of like place to go back to that is familiar. And yeah. you know, when I'm not working, it's always this kind of like rushed, where can I go and like do my laundry? Am I going to go to Denver or like, my place in Florida or like my friends here, you know, so I don't know. I, it just is what it is. And I'm, I think I just take it day by day and enjoy every day and I don't get too hung up on, mm-hmm. you know. Where would be the ideal place to kind of, from a say a golf perspective in the U S to settle in, would it be like Bandon or like, somewhere crazy like that or is florida the best or southern la or whatever i don't know i need i i feel like i'm a well-rounded person so i definitely need that in my wherever i live like have a city nearby have like you know my friends those things that are important i kind Mm -hmm. of want to get the best of all of those so if someone were to say where do you want to live tomorrow it would I would need some time to think about that (laughs) because I've only ever lived somewhere for a job. And I think that makes it so much easier is when you move somewhere for a job, you know, like, did you guys always know you wanted to come into Ireland to live? Mm, Well, I lived abroad because I had to for work. Um, And I always felt that it was like I was never, ever, ever going to. Uh, yeah, I can probably relate to that because I never felt like I was going to be staying there. So I never kind of put down roots in one particular place in France. So, so it's only when I moved back, really. And I think we're probably at a bit of a luxury in that Ireland is probably three and a half hours coast to coast, yeah. four hours north to south. So it's not that big. It really isn't. Like I'm in Donegal at the moment, which is only three hours away from Dublin but you can't get any further away from Dublin which is kind of a little bit strange but yeah I, I don't know Johnny you're you're from Dublin and you've you've stayed there for for all your life so you'd probably be more 
Yeah, I mean, I, answer that. I, I, I worked in, I work in, in media as well. So I looked at the States um, and, the, and the UK, I looked at London quite a good bit, but there came a point where my, my career progression, but also my life and my friends and my family were all here. So kind of made that decision to, to stay and mm. made that decision to go a few years ago. And I don't regret that decision. I, especially in this whole quarantine time, I've loved being near my family and having that time with them. And, you know, it, it has been sacrificed to like, it's so incredible this job that I get to do, but you sacrifice things like time with, you know, your family or your parents or, you know, like building a, a relationship or something like that. So, you know, it's all give and take and, you know, at certain times in your life, like that's what's best. And I'm so glad that I've been doing that. And now that I have this time, like to actually spend quality time with my family. <laughs> that's so been will, nice. you, will you be taking a bit more now in the next coming months or years for yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I love having a career and you know, I, I don't think it defines me, but it's something that I need to like have something just to have to keep me always on my toes and like creating new goals. And golf is something where you can always create new goals. Working in golf is that way and working in TV. So yeah, I think just naturally I'm better at, at uh, balancing things. And did, have you been around family for the past while since this is all been, this weirdness has been going on? Three, three months or so. Yeah. All oh, right. And did you, like, I asked, I think I've asked this before as well. I was like, did you find yourself like reverting to your old kind of childhood self and your role in the family as you've been back, your parents might give out to you for irrational things and or what you would see as irrational things in your, all of a sudden you're like a 16 year old child again. I know. I think there was one time where I was like, mom, I'm a grown woman. I can take care of myself. And then I'm like, can I, am I a child? How old am I? Like, <laughs> right. wait, I'll, I'll just go clean my room. Sorry. Yeah. 20 minutes later, come down and ask what's for dinner. I, yeah, I know. exactly. <laughs> it's a really weird thing to think about. I'm like, wow, how do I take care of myself? And, and like, <laughs> like, mom, I'm like going to different countries on my own. Like I can take care of myself. And then you go home and you're like, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone just reverted to a version yeah, of their 14-year-old self. Completely true. Yeah, mm. I don't feel much older, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like it seems like it's just been this massive great leveler for everybody in terms of their own, I suppose, notions about themselves. Yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So has life started to come back to some kind of normality for you? You're saying you, you've traveled to San Francisco for a PGA tour, kind of doing some videos. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm basically just working, quote, from home on, you know, the coverage that I'm doing. And I've been doing interviews online for Golf Channel throughout this whole time, um, you know, just to kind of keep content going out for the channel on social media and it's been cool for me because a lot of the people I'm interviewing aren't ones that I would maybe, you know, interview at a tournament. So some of the champions tour players, um, who the champions tour players are the coolest guys because they have not as much stress anymore. I'm not going to say they have no stress, but 
like they've made their money, not all of them, but you know, some of the ones I've talked to, they've, they've made their money. They're out there like just enjoying golf now. And they've also got these like stories that are so cool about like Arnold Palmer or 30 years ago, I played in this Ryder cup and you know, like I made a hole in one and I'm the only American to do that. And so it's like these really cool stories from the champions tour players that I, I love those guys. Um, so I've been doing that and now golf is coming back. So I do these sort of like sponsored segments on golf channel, social media. So I'm sort of pushing rocket mortgages initiatives. Um, sadly, I'm not going to be on site in Detroit, but you know, I, it's something I can still do from wherever I am. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that works. I think everyone's figuring out they can do things from home and not, <laughs> not go into the office. Was there, was there a piece that you filmed? Was it Fred Funk? quite recently <laughs> on like the most surreal looking driving range I've ever seen in my life. It looked like, I just said, this looked like Alice in Wonderland stuff now. Last summer, Big Cedar Lodge um, in Missouri. And like I showed up and I, sometimes I don't necessarily, I mean now maybe, but a year ago, I don't know what I'm in for when I'm going somewhere. Or maybe like there's so much going on that I haven't like completely looked at images of where I'm going and I showed up and it's the coolest driving range that you will ever see because there's a par three course there and the driving range at top of the rock is every green on the driving range is that of the par three course so it's just like really well done and then I go play with Fred Funk who you know he's pretty funky so <laughs> it's, it's all good chat <laughs> He, he just came across as like the most stereotypical senior golfer. You're like knee bandage on, was feeling a bit stiff and sore. And he was like, I've seen 50 of those guys on my Sunday four balls. Oh <laughs> guys just hobbling about the place, giving out about everything. He pulled out um, the Theragun, you know, that you use on, on your body. <laughs> and he was using it tea to green. And I'm like, this, exactly what you said, this is so stereotypical um champions oh, tour. Gosh. I love it I wanted to do a segment that was like how do you know you're at a champions tour event and it's like bear claw grip you bandages <laughs> like <laughs> using the theragun tea to green like there's just so many things that are <laughs> so typical of you know a 50 plus golfer and I love it <laughs> <laughs> So, so what's the uh, what's the first event that you'll actually get to go on site rather than these working from home? I have no idea. I have no idea. I think it's so strict right now, and I was going to go to Ryder Cup and now postponed. <laughs> so, you know that's well unofficially. That's, for, well, that's yeah. it for not. Yeah, but we'll see. I think just. You got to no, take care of the so. players and the players' families. So I'm not counting on anything right now just because the world is so unpredictable. You wouldn't try and sneak a, an invite to the Masters in November? I know. I, know, I wonder what's going to go on. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I want to – I'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Wasn't, it so, wasn't it so sus, like, how – like? 
people's hotel bookings in the Augusta region were cancelled like two months ago randomly for that weekend. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> for no reason, oh, look, the Masters happens to be happening that week. I think I was doing a little bit of my own investigative journalism because I was hearing things like that. You know, you see a tweet and then you hear someone say something and like, what's going on? Sometimes I have to rely on some of the whisperings for, you know, what's going to happen with my own job of like where I'm going to go for the next event. <laughs> can, can we talk a little bit about the Masters? Because I think there's very few golfers that will get to go to Augusta. What's, what's that like? So my Augusta experience was interesting because I went for drive, chip, and putt, which, you know, it's, it's young golfers the few days leading up to Masters week. And I don't get to see the golf course when I'm there for drive, chip, and putt. And I've done it twice now. But you don't, you don't see any holes because I go into the media center and I'm doing my work from the media center because everything is very, like, off limits. But – it sort of adds to this allure of, you know, the secrecy of Augusta National. So, you know, it's now my second time there for drive, chip, and putt. I have no plans to go to the Masters. I'm not credentialed, you know, for the following week. And I'm like, dang, I'm already here. The whole golf community is here. There's events that go on, you know, sort of every night. Like, I want to be a part of that. I, I don't want to leave. And I don't, I don't understand how you get tickets or, you know, like, cause it's something that hardly anybody really gets to go and experience, like you said. So, you know, I'm going to these events. I'm like talking to people. I end up getting a ticket from CAA. So, you know, cause you know, these agencies mm. have like tickets, but because I'm so last minute, sometimes there's like leftover. So I now have a ticket to go into Augusta National, which is like everybody's dream. And, you know, I wasn't even planning on getting to go in. I was just like, I'll hang out with my friends and be, be around for these parties. And I go in and I'm like, okay, this is, this is what everyone's been talking about. I get it. Because I think part of you wants to think like, is it overrated? Because, you know, everybody loves it. Like I need to see it and it's what everybody says. It's so beautiful. And, you know, as someone that loves golf, like it's just incredible and it's hard to put into words because you've not seen something like that before. <laughs> we need to go, Dave. I, I think, I think by virtue of this podcast, I think we'll get there. CAA, <laughs> hook us up. Yeah, I think we should just go big. Like we just, we, we have the most, like Johnny has an incredible scale of like getting people that are like way above our, our station in the case golf in media. Point. Yeah, case in point, <laughs> golf media world. Um, so I think, yeah, Johnny, you should just, Johnny has a template as well, which is helping. Don't, helping don't, to don't get give there. it away. <laughs> Come on, tell me like, I, I No, no, it's just, I think Johnny, Johnny comes from a media background and I'm, I come from not a media background. <laughs> so he knows the things to say. And I'm, I'm like, I'd approach people and try to get them onto the podcast. And you just see the, the dreaded I just message. Yeah, yeah. I just I just see the dread and message on like Instagram DMs of seen but no response. 
and that that's just for that's just where the dream ends for me no i mean well sometimes i don't see messages for a long time either you know because people are sending them in i i'm just like oh i see you sent something two months ago and for some reason i never saw it and it's like timely but johnny i mean we both know you got to just like throw it out there and see what sticks yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah if you don't ask you you'll never know you might as well have, have you had anything that you've just like have you put out any outrageous requests since like you've your profile has obviously elevated to a stage where everyone in the golf world pretty much knows you now and like between your connections across all forms of youtube social have you put out any requests yourself for like outrageous tea times or have you really muscled in on your influence across the golf world yet Oh my gosh. I, I use no influence for tea times at all. Home in like Colorado, I'm like booking on golf now and like calling up my friends like, where do you want to play? I'll make a tea time. Like, I don't want to, I don't want special favors like that. <laughs> I'd rather just pay and not. But I mean, there's been times where like people will say like, you got to go play this golf course. You know, I know the head pro and I'll let them know. And like, I think that's really cool because it's maybe somewhere I wouldn't have thought to play on my own. But mm. I mean, there, there is totally power in the blue check mark, I will say. Oh, the blue check? Yep, the blue wow. check. I mean, Connor said there's power in it for dating, <laughs> but... <laughs> whoa, you could get him in, actually. Whoa, you could get him in trouble. You get him in trouble. No, no, just on a friendly that, that way. That's a very like, serious you know, relationship now. <laughs> positives of it like no 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 not this is like years ago <laughs> thank you he's, for clarifying. <laughs> he's fine he's i think he, he he's escaped to new york he's out in liberty national losing all his money to to a few friends yeah. <laughs> yeah lucky actually we didn't bring that up in the pod like it's amazing how an 18 handicapper can get a golf balls uh, sponsorship from bridgestone it's, i i think I there's still, a lot of 18 i think yeah. he Every time I play with him, he's striping it. I'm like, what is your handicap? <laughs> he's saying he's, what, 16 over in the States now, but he's going to come back here, play off 18 in, in Ireland and just win a few open comps and just be that bandit that everyone hates. That's a joke. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, also the handicap system is so different over there. Mm. It's like you have a handicap and that's it. There's no slope. There's no anything. It's like whether you're going like off the tips in Portrush or your local small municipal course off the kids' tees, you've got the same handicap. It's weird. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting, getting that. We're getting that system this year, I think, Johnny, aren't we? Yeah, we're moving. We're moving Remember. to the other one, the international mm. system. What are you playing on where, now? Your game at? Yeah, where's your game? <laughs> I hate when people ask that because, well, so I obviously play college golf. And when I came out, I didn't understand why you need a handicap. You know, like these, these matches and money games. I, I like, I never knew that that existed mm. to be frank. And so I didn't have a handicap for years after college. And then I think last year I got one and I played a bunch of rounds in New York, which those New York courses are really difficult. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how the slope was working, but I had a couple rounds, like maybe high seventies and it still has my handicap way down and it drives me nuts <laughs> because, you know, I, 
I probably shoot like, you know, 79, 80 regularly. And my handicap's at a 2.3 and I cannot get it to go up because of like eight good rounds in New York where I played from, you know, where I normally play like the men's tees. But like because of the slope, it just, it's brought it down. So I, I, I don't think it's an accurate We'll get we'll get we'll get yeah. that sorted when you get back over here. We'll have we'll have slopes and we'll we'll come into the real world and we'll your your handicap will be sorted for cash games over here. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. People like work hard to get their handicap higher, and for some reason, like I can't get mine to go up for the life of me. <laughs> <laughs> what is your guys's opinion of Americans who say like this is my handicap, and then you watch them play? I've heard a few hilarious. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like after watching Tom, after watching Tom Brady, it's complete bullshit. I, I've heard, I've heard a few, maybe like English guys who are like, that guy says he's a five and I watched him play and no oh. way. And it's like, it's this very like shame on you type attitude. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I've seen some people come over and like been, been okay. Like genuinely been okay. The lower handicap guys tend to be fairly, close to yeah good golfers are good, good, good golfers, golfers around good the golfers. world yeah but there are it's some the guys go- that it does not it does not carry yes yeah, the guys around 12 to 15 in the u.s who say they're off 12 to 15 and then they come over and it's like god almighty how the hell do you get this around the golf course like you're <laughs> terrible <laughs> oh my god well yeah. i guess you need a little experience on links golf too <laughs> yeah yeah or they yeah. just need a really good caddy to find your golf balls yeah exactly <laughs> ball spotters and caddies <laughs> i could use that at any course you always yeah. want someone to just keep an eye on things <laughs> <laughs> yeah you take all the help you can get yeah exactly Thank you so much for, for having a chat with us. This, like we said, this will be a very informal conversation. So you've been, you've yeah. been great. All right. Well, and I have some good hosts next time I come to, uh, to Dublin. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Hopefully soon. A, yeah. Like we said, Ireland's small enough that if, even if you're in, not in Dublin, three, three hours across, four hours up. So we'll get around mm-hmm. it at some point. I would love that. All right. Good. Well, we'll put it on the calendar for, TBD nice when <laughs> global pandemic slows down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Alex. That Thank you so great. much. Cheers. Cheers. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. With an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. 